You're listening to the Tumbling Saber Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Check us out on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com, on iTunes, Facebook, and Twitter, and take your first step into a larger world. You've passed the first test. Once we begin, there's no turning back. Got it? Follow my lead. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Bridge of Transmissions. My name's Kyle. My name's Corey. My name's Em. Welcome back everybody. We're back this week to talk about In the Name of the Rebellion, parts one and two. Man, what an epic two-parter this was. Um, but first, let's be polite. I want to say hi to my two favorite knuckle-headed rebels. Uh, em, what's going on? Nothing much. Just trying to get down out of that fandom and out of that, um, just that awesome two-parter lots of rogue one tie-ins and rebel tie-ins and you having four tie-ins too many tie-ins everything was coming together oh yeah and Corey, what's going on over with you over there uh too much missed you guys last week and uh i'm super happy to be back in the saddle and i have to say this this episode put me right back where i need to be with rebels yeah, this 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 episode was terrific. We definitely missed had, you. We definitely missed you. It it was weird to not have Corey around to bounce rebels chat off of. Oh, I know. All right, let's let's get into some rebels talk. Uh, but before we jump into our thoughts on, um, in the name of the rebellion, I wanted to run a piece past you guys. Something that Dave Filoni said at a at an event recently. Uh, where, where he hinted that there may be a bigger villain lurking in the shadows and not named Thrawn. I'm going to rule out Vader and the Emperor. So I want to ask you guys, who the hell is he talking about? Corey, you go first. Well, I'm not ruling out Vader whatsoever. Uh, I know he said no Palpatine. Who could it be? I mean, is Tarkin really that big a baddie that we're going to be like, oh man, for him to say something like that? Or it'd be cool to see Krennic, maybe. Although, again, I don't think that's the case. Uh, I think this is probably going to be the lead-in or a follow-up to the uh, upcoming novel that by Timothy Zahn. I think it's, uh, what, uh, Alliances or Allegiances? Uh, Thrawn Alliances. Something like that, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's that coming up. So, I mean, it makes kind of sense for him to be getting involved again maybe and he has Filoni has not ruled out that uh that possibility well see I was lo- I look at the wording and Dave Dave Filoni always chooses his words rather carefully and he said uh that there there what do, you, what do you say there may be some other villains more arch than him Thrawn hiding somewhere we'll have to wait and see I Vader think doesn't hide I think Vader Rook. just comes right out maybe Rook but Rook doesn't seem that big. Like he's a threat, but but we and we know he's going, yeah, exactly. going to be in it. Exactly, he's already been spoiled. So I don't know. Like, where could to me? It's got to be Vader. Like he could possibly deal with maybe Ezra and Kanan, maybe, or you could just see what's going on in the sh- like what Thrawn's been doing in the background, or I don't know. But I, I have to tend to think that it's got to be have something to do with this book. Maybe it's Scarus. From the Imperial Navy? Maybe. It's got to be somebody pretty big, right? 
Well, but then again, Scaris has already been looked at in um e- Eden Versio. Oh man, that wouldn't that be cool? Uh, that would send people right over the edge. <laughs> uh, what about Boba Fett? That's a cool possibility. I'd say Boss too, but remember, Boss already has history with Ezra, so that would be difficult, I think, for Ezra. But then again, he's he's saying more. Uh, there may be some other villains more arch than him. Like that, the wording used that 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 says somebody bigger. I don't know, bigger, more, more. Uh, it hints at somebody more well known than an officer or a bounty hunter. And I'm, I'll include Boba Fett. Although I guess if any bounty hunter gets the exception, it, it is Boba Fett just because. Yeah, it's um, Boba know, Fett. Be, yeah. So I don't know. I, I would put my money there. Maybe mm. he disintegrates Kanan and or Ezra. Oh, he better not. He better Maybe that's not. where it comes from. Highly unlikely. <laughs> I'd almost say maybe it's got something to do with the Loth Wolves, but that's too um, predictable even for a Filoni. But I mean, I'm getting the impression that it's someone we know already. I, yeah, I would think so too. But Vader's too... Oh, Ray Sloan. Come on. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, you see the Imperial uh, commanders? They dropped like fleas this this past two episodes. So uh, I don't think bringing her into the foe is a good idea. Well, we know she would live. Oh, oh, I guess. She would live... I mean, and she'd live a, 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 well beyond this time frame. Um... Yeah, that's where I'm going to park my money. I'm going to I'm going to go with Ray Sloan. I can't park my money on anything because really <laughs> I don't like being wrong. <laughs> All right. Well, in that case, then let's let's go talk about something we we do know about and that we can be right about. So, uh, Corey, since you didn't weren't here last week to have your say, uh, what what were your thoughts on in the name of of the rebellion? Oh man, I got just, a lot just, of stuff here. Well, give but, us the uh, Cole's notes. I don't know. Just firstly, the way the episode starts, it just—it was nonstop. Both episodes, actually, like the first one. Uh, man, it just—it it started with them coming out of hyperspace. They land. You're seeing Yavin Four for the first time, which is absolutely so cool. And then right away, like Harris, like crash landing, and and then the next thing you know, you're in the war room, and you got all these top tier. Uh, officials from the top of the rebellion and like you know they're they're with the ghost crew you know it's them and like it just it was like bang 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 one after one thing after another so i, I really like that how it uh how it started like that anyhow and uh take away a bit i guess we'll say um you know it was nice to see callus uh as a promotion no yeah. as was already promoted to that Back- wasn't he just a lieutenant prior no, now he's a lieutenant commander he was always no? lieutenant commander Hmm. Hawk Which he never should have had in the first place. I know we love Ezra, but you you don't you don't no you don't do that. that <laughs> He's such a bonehead with that command. Oh no! Don't say that. A lovable bonehead. No, the way he was <laughs> waving his hand in the last two episodes. <laughs> oh, classic boy. But again, just like the the feeling of the episode, the how the how quickly paced it was. Like if you say anything about this, like. The storytelling, just everything just happened like back to back to back to back to back, which is 
kind of coincidental or whatever, but man, you got to flow with it because they were just, it was just coming at you so quickly and it was so good to see everyone reunited for once, you know, like Zeb welcoming them, uh, Sabine's back, then Rex is right there, and next you know, uh, Callus is there again, like, so that was really awesome. Who doesn't like that hair flow and his, his uniform? Oh man, what a dream. <laughs> Sorry, I gotta say that because, well, he is pretty good looking. I like how Rebels Recon took a little chunk of that, then talking about Callus and putting it off to the side for a special little clip. It goes <laughs> to show how much we love him. And then you see Filoni uh, do a sketch of Callus with hearts around him. So, Aww. you didn't see that on Twitter? No, I was so busy today. I missed. I missed no, a lot it was of the, like the fallout. It was like three days ago. Oh well, that's that's even worse. I on the weekends I drop off Twitter almost entirely. Well, take a look on Filoni's um, profile. It's pretty yeah, I'll awesome. take I'll take a look for that. That seems like it's worth it. I gotta add him to my core board now. My... <laughs> I gotta use. So, Corey, you're you're right. Like right off the hop, I think they brought the urgency. To the show, and it had like a very cinematic feel to it, and of, of course, and that's it's obvious when they start tying in Rogue One and A New Hope, like in the opening shots, like you get that ratcheted up sense of sense of urgency, and that things are coming together. Um, so, M, what What's what it? were your biggest takeaways out of this? Uh, Ezra's story for sure, because well, when they were in the debriefing room, he immediately asked about Lothal after they were already assigned a mission, so. You can already already see his um, commitment and his passion for his home world, and he wants to free it. It's his like it's his parents' dying wish almost. And then we get that touching Jedi scene, where Master and Padawan are sitting together and meditating, and Ezra's just thinking, and he's thinking Saw is the only one who can really fight the war. But I think after. The episodes finish. He realizes that there is another way. And that way is to free prisoners, fight the you know, the. I guess you wouldn't. I wouldn't say non-violent, but not the extreme way as Saw does, because he was. Well, yeah. This episode was, I think, in essence, it was about the push and pull of war. Like, can there was Saw's extremist ways by any means necessary. And then you had Mon Mothma's ways, which, you know, she's still hoping for, for a diplomatic solution to the whole mess. And in the middle is Ezra, who's going, that's all not well and good. I get it, but that guy's getting results. So maybe we should try it his way. And he goes and he tries it Saw's way. Turns out he doesn't like it because Saw doesn't care. You know, there's that in that opening scene in, in the, the briefing room, you, you hear Mon Mothma when she's losing it saying, we don't treat prisoners that way. And then they, they go off uh, to that Feos station, and there there's um, Saw treating prisoners poorly. Yeah, he's so that, already that, demanding that's... answers, right? And they have no answers. They're prisoners. Prisoners don't get inf- information. Well, they, they like he didn't even care. He's like, yeah, yeah, prisoners. I, I wasn't. I'm not here for prisoners. Like they're they're people who need help because the Empire is doing what the Empire does, and he just doesn't care. That's not why he's he's. On that mission, he's not. That's not why he's on the warpath. Saving people's not his bag. Blowing stuff up is. But I just I want to step back just a little bit further uh, to the to the scene where Saw's projection, uh, his communication into the rebel headquarters, 
and even, and even just before that, like M said, like quickly, like leading up to that scene, like they come out of the war room there. Ezra goes to Ezra's all upset because Mon Mothma basically told him, like, you know, there's you got to look at the bigger picture. We're spread too thin. So he's like, okay, like they're not going to help me. He's, he's kind of upset at that point, and he goes to meditate with Kanan, and it's just so cool to be on Yavin 4, like that, meditating. I know, right? And then, like Kyle said, okay, like the saw comes in. Well, and he's just he's, he's just goading everybody, right? He's telling them how, how weak they are and that Mon Mothma's a poor leader. And he gets her fired up. Like, we've never seen Mon Mothma raise her voice. Like, she got worked up. Yeah, and Pablo said that he... um. He liked seeing the cracks between a very cool and calm senator like her, which I thought yeah, was I... cool, too, because after all, we're all human. We all have human emotions. And after a while, one gets one will crack eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah she's, she's like, like calm, the calm, soothing voice, you know, in those white robes that just so like so elegant, so pretty. Yeah, so beautiful. So soft-spoken, though, but so powerful at the same time. But yeah, like, and even Saul was Saul was loving it too. He's like, "That's it," you know. We need that kind of leader, and in a way, I guess they did need a leader that they can look up to, but without that, like I said, that extreme weight. But I liked how she raised her voice. Sometimes the rebellion should look up to something like that. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, she's definitely in her place for a reason. But, you know, she's seeing the long game here. and Well, I mean, these guys are all in a rush to end the war. And Mon Mothma seems to just... They're mo- she's moving too slowly for them. Like, how many other people, how many other planets have to suffer from the Empire's wrath because Mon Mothma is afraid to act? At least, Or at least they interpret it as Mon Mothma being afraid to act. But she's she's working to her own plan, which eventually, years later, pays off. But, you know, in the meantime... Like for in Ezra's case, Lothal is turning into an ashtray. Yeah, it is. And if with any kind of definitive answer, them coming back in that preview that we saw, it's not looking good at all. Like no, I was surprised yeah, like, when he's like he when he's like, "What's going to the? What's happening with the skies?" I was I was surprised when he asked, "What are they doing to my home?" Yeah, I mean we're we're skipping ahead here, but you're right, like. You know, I can see Ezra's reaction to his home world being part of the reason why, or part of his his fate in the end, where he's like, I maybe he's just too bitter with the with the rebellion, saying, "Look what you guys let happen to my home. We didn't act, and this has become of my home planet. I'm out of here." I I, I don't see him quitting like that, but I definitely see Ezra's destiny being uh, intertwined with that of Lothal's. Like everything that that's happened thus far, the started on, on Lothal and it's probably going to end on Lothal. That makes sense. That's kind of poetic. It does. Well, I, you know, I thought the levity, despite the, you know, the, the, yes, the heavy uh, subject matter in this episode, like the, the morality, the high ground in war, there was a lot of humor in this episode and oh, yeah. it worked, man. It, it was so funny. Compared to last week, last week kind of irked me a bit. I have to say, I know you kind of liked it there, Ann, but I was like, <laughs> I mean, it was a season opener. You're on the verge of like full on assault, and you so, know they could have. What does could being a season opener have to do with it? Well, you want to get it in the feels. You want to be like, you want to feel the intensity, like this episode gave me. Like this episode had an urgency throughout. You know, 
And I, the, I, they the intertwined. Totally worked for me. Bah, anyhow. It, it was okay, but it didn't. Uh, even my five year old son said, I didn't. He, I was watching, and he said, Oh, come on, Ezra. He's five years old. <laughs> Your son so my needs my kids had opposite praise. reactions. They were, they, were, they were laughing at Ezra. Who, who wasn't no. laughing at Ezra, though? He was so funny. Well, this week, it definitely worked. Hit- this is Commander Brom Titus. <laughs> oh my god, like, that was so, <laughs> that was so funny. good. I, I love yeah. how that guy gets, just gets re- relentlessly picked on. I'm sad that he's gone. Oh, he's definitely gone now, but that's another thing, too. He worked his way right back up the ranks. Remember last time he'd gotten ditched because he had failed in some mission, so he got like some really low-end job? Well, he still only had like two little red squares on his on his jacket, so he's not like he's way up there, but he was he was a punching bag. He was so good at f- for the butt of jokes like that. We're losing those butts of jokes now. Well, no, unless li- List comes back, we can enjoy him again. Well, they they got to keep even... a couple around, space them out. It, well, even that scene of them uh, diving onto the array, yeah, that was super intense. It was almost a. Uh... Well, it's JJ, I guess, but you know the first Star Trek movie there where they're getting onto the an array in the same kind of way, except with parachutes. Like they they called it close, man. Like my, my look at Chop, man. He took one for the team there. Well, oh, again, I know. Chopper, Chopper should be in a billion pieces. But he I must digress be made again. of like titanium or something. It's no the 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 reason is that it's Chopper. Oh yeah. Oh okay. Be, a- because reasons. Because Chopper. Chopper rules, right? With a Z. But but with Chopper too, um, it's funny how you touch that because you kinda cut you gotta give it up for him because he was actually pretty spectacular in these two episodes. Like, he was funny, but then when he needed to be serious, he was serious. Dealing with those prisoners. Pulling the prisoner's face to, you know slap slap snap out of it. We're going on this ship and we're leaving. So I don't want to hear you complaining anymore. Yeah, he's he's yeah he's he's had a big role in the first two weeks. No doubt about that. He's been he's been he's really had a vocal, big role and really the, expressive. The whole, the whole series, man, from well, more two, three, and four, I would say. But man, he's done some amazing things throughout the whole series. It's crazy. He's no R two. No, you don't know. You don't know. And, and like how he dealt with those stormtroopers, like snap, zap, and then slap. Well, it's yeah. a bit. It is. It is slapstick. So you know, if, if I don't quite get the idea that oh, I don't like Ezra f- farting around with a jetpack, but I I dig the idea of a droid flying around slapping people with a gun, like pistol whipping <laughs> people with a gun. Like how can you how can you laugh at one but not the other? They're both ridiculous. Because Chopper did it with such grace. Oh, like, come on. Ezra did it guy. with grace, too. Ezra did it with grace, too. Wow, he was, he was a stumbling, bumbling, uh, I don't know. Don't, he got the, he got, don't, don't get me wrong. Like He got the hang of it, which I'm proud of him for, because he flew it quite well in this episode, which is pretty neat. Well, I think he, he's gone, he doesn't have it anymore, because Saw, you know, zipped out of there. He didn't get his jetpack. Wasn't he wearing it the whole time? No, he wasn't. No, you're right. He didn't wear it the whole time. There were parts where he he, he had ditched it. Like on on the Phaos, he didn't have it. So I don't know how he's gonna you know live without that jetpack after he just got the hang of it. Hey guys, I want to ask you. Um, Ezra hearing the Kyber Crystal calling to him. 
Wasn't it like the purgles? Just like the purgles, yeah. Bingo. It's kind of, you want me a beer? It was. It's like that for sure. Um, but but it, isn't it also? I can't remember other instances of, of hearing kyber crystals calling, and I know that he mentioned it, like just like on on uh, Lothal. Um, I, but I don't. I don't remember hearing a crystal s- like sing out loud like that. Oh, it's it's. I'm pretty sure it's been done before in the the Clone Wars that arc with the. No, the I know that's, that's what I'm saying. Like th- it was really punched up this time. I thought. Oh yeah, you're right. Like, but the other really ones had wanted a... to bash you over the head with it this time. Like this is the Kyber Crystal Call. Like listen, this is the things where you're t- you're reading about in Ahsoka. This is you know, going to be a, a a big deal going forward. Well, I think the fact that it was the size of a truck had something to do with it as well. Bigger crystal, louder song? I would think so. I... Bigger story. Um, just more well, powerful. Sh- a shorter story for this crystal. Thank God. Yeah, thank God. But also... Well, in a way, sadly. Those callings are like identical to the ones when when Ezra even met Kanan. When Ezra was using the Force to guide him to get him out of trouble. You're right. That's true. And they were both looking at each like Kanan knew he was there and like something. And yeah, that was. You're right. I remember that. You know what? What something what gets me? If you go back to Ghosts of Geonosis, how close they got to discovering the Empire secret, and you have Click Clack who was drawing the Death Star in the dirt. He's he's literally drawing the map for these guys, and they're just like, oh, he's drawing eggs. <laughs> no, you no, you idiots. They're they're so close. I specifically, saw they were so close again this week to figuring out what the empire's up to. Oh my god! You you, you know I just realized they had C three PO with them. Mystery solved. I just thought the same thing. <laughs> Mystery solved. Seriously, maybe even AP five could have broke that up. Ah, <laughs> oh, like, again, but it illustrates how painfully close the rebellion was to discovering the empire's secret and. To not follow through, to not figure it out in time, look at the, look at the consequences. Well, it, take it, a look it, at it. Saw, right? And and Forst's performance was phenomenal. Oh yeah, so, yeah. He like the way he re- reversed and engineered Rogue One Saw Gerrera to this guy who's still in one piece. I, it's it, to me that's brilliant work. But there's still that transition there. Like, you still really sense the uh, paranoia and, like, he, you can get this, the feeling that he's crazy a bit. Oh, yeah, the guy's, he's whacked. He's schizophrenic now. But he he doesn't have the PTSD um, lunacy, like, ultra paranoia that he has once, when, once we meet him in Rogue One. Like, he thinks Jin's there to kill him. And what's also what's also interesting is that we know he's still in one piece in this, and we are really close to Rogue One. I think so whatever happens to go ahead. Whatever's going to happen to whatever's going to happen to uh, to Saw happens really soon. May, we may even see it. Well, that's what I was thinking. Like, uh, I think we. I don't know if he's, he'll be back again this season, but I had always said that it's it's if he's in this season, we got to see how that happens. It's not like you're going to see him explode or whatever, but like you'll see, you'll know he's on that ship that explodes or something. Well, they, you know? they did mention um, one of the power specialists had heard about Jeddah. So you wonder if, if uh, Saw has taken his next trip there. That is actually a really good point. That could be a possibility. 
that you know I, th- I figured that's his next lead so he's gonna push off to Jeddah because it looks like he's been on Jeddah for a while right that's true well he's and got maybe, a home a... he's well known he's well known he, in the region and you didn't get the impression in this episode that Saw even knows what's going on on Jeddah like to me it, it sounded like that mention of Jeddah by that power specialist was the first the anybody's really heard spot, yeah so I, it's kind of I, crappy too with the, the the death troopers as well that they didn't do the yes the you know the what voices they weren't you know what? it's like they almost disgraced the death troopers in this episode and I'm a little harsh when I'm when I say that because that we see them in Rogue One and they're totally badass and then we see them in Rebels and they're just getting chopped down yeah they're not they're not much tougher than regular stormtroopers did you it, know what the most uh, the, the, I don't think I'd say the stupidest, but the most surprising part of that all is, you know, again, like you guys said, elite death troopers. And their eyes are like green. So it's very reminiscent of night vision or yes. something of, along those lines. And they're in smoke. And it's like, how inconvenient are these masks? Okay, granted, maybe they can breathe because they got a filter. But it's like, really? Like, come on. It seems like they, they be... have no extra protection. You're right. Or functionality. And you'd think they would because they're in fog. But it was a cool surprise though when they open up that door. Oh yeah. And you get you're meted you're greeted by a bunch of uh, of death troopers. I definitely jumped. I think. Like that's like, when you whoa. know they've hit the honeypot. Like this is this is where they need to be. Yeah, something's going on there. Um. What else? To me, it looks like. Uh, let's let's touch back a bit. Like before they escape and whatnot. They're so close to really accomplishing their mission, even though they're questioning it, including Hera. Oh um, my god, the Hera and Kanan scene. <sighs> yeah, that was, that was good. That was good. Talk about trust. Heck, would you go with your wives like that? Would you uh, let them fly blindly into the fog? Well, if I could use the Force and I... Whatever, but... Uh... <laughs> Just this that her flying alone, I've been waiting for that just because of the trailers and stuff that they did in the previews. And man, did she handle the uh, out of that ship, man. It was so cool to see the ghost flown like that. And it's just the way she said it. They don't call us the ghost for nothing. And again, like Kanan telling her, like, you know, go down into the fog and trust me. And just, oh, man, so, so good. And no, to me, it also looked like the... I'm going to go out there and assume that the ghost has gotten some upgrades just for the sole fact that, I mean, they they were blazing on in, right? And they just took a couple, three or two or three shots right off the, the front end of their ship and the shields were holding no problem. So I'm, I'm pretty sure they got an upgrade in shields or something. Very possible. Well, then again, Sabine's back. I'm pretty sure she learned a, a little bit more on Mandalore. Maybe she dealt with she did some upgrades then. And it was so nice hearing Hera call them the kids. Touching a touching family yeah. moment. Yeah, that was nice. Break my heart, Dave Filoni. How dare you? <laughs> All right, so we have a bunch of listener interactions this week, but before we get there, um, you know, I think for me the the biggest takeaway, and I don't know if I don't know if I mentioned this already, but uh, back at the beginning when Mon Mothma asks, what will we become? That's a huge thing towards Rogue One. Yeah, exactly. That was that was Saw Gerrera's thing, right? If to Jin, I oh, think it was from. Was that in the movie or was it in the trailer only? I can't remember now. But 
he he asked her like if you keep fighting what will you become and it's it's odd to me that either he's adopted a little bit of mon mothma's stance maybe like but he's figured out that this fighting is is ridiculous i can't do it anymore or maybe it was cut for a reason i don't know but I, as soon as as soon as she said that if we stoop to the empire's level what will we become and i said well geez that's exactly what saw says in the trailer like did he come over to her side intellectually or i don't know but that that for me that was the biggest thing that jumped out in this episode yeah yeah and also there wasn't a lot of you know how zeb was talking about all these kind of cells are in yavin 4 but we don't see a whole lot of people or different type of ships so i'm wondering if like some of them are gone on missions or it's not that really that big as we thought it'd be yet it you know something like that could also be a budget thing, right? Like yeah, it could be a After very pragmatic all, they have budget to thing to that. put more models in and stuff like that. Getting animators working longer when they they don't really have to. And then they have to work on that callous flow hair. <laughs> and those big mutton chops. Oh no! All right. So, um, fin- any final thoughts? You're talking about episodes one and two here, right? We're talking about uh, name of the rebellion, bro. Yeah. All right. Um, I love two tubes. I got to say that quickly. Just oh, the way he's yes. he's so excited. Like when they take off and he's just like stardust. That was cool. Edrio two tubes back. I loved it. And he kicks some butt. I was really surprised at how powerful the B-Wing was. Like it just came out of hyperspace and boom, boom, boom. That ship was taking some serious fire. The U-Wing, you the, mean? Yeah, the U-Wing. Yeah, I like, uh, I like the partisan paint job. It's all black and white. I think that's pretty pretty damn cool. Uh, like you guys said, Chopper, the voice of reason almost throughout this episode. Um, they also said the word Carillion Shipyards, which I thought really interesting. I don't know what that spells out for Corellia and its future. And and then all uh, those systems, too, that my mama was talking about. Uh, what if we help Shandela and Lothal, and then we leave the other planets helpless? Yeah, again, yeah, speaking sure. to the morality of war, right? How do, how do you help everybody with, with meager resources? Or how about this? The kyber crystal, but wrapped in carbonite. Yeah. I, I called this well, a couple of months ago just because of the trailers. Like I, I told Kyle, I'm sure there's a giant carbon, uh, kyber crystal in this thing. And then I'd seen another scene that looked like carbonite, and I kind of pieced it together. And I don't know if I said it, said it on the show or... Just Kyle in messages, but definitely I, I kind of figured that one out. But it, that was so cool to see. Um, tie defenders too. Come on. Yeah. Zeb was not too happy with those. I don't things. like those ships. No. I think they're ugly as sin. <laughs> uh, but it's all about the shields, man. Well, we're gonna see more of them, I think, next episode. So how about we talk predictions after, um listener comments i because i want to add to some uh someone's comment because well i'm in the same pot as them yeah so em like you've got a bunch of listener interactions oh, yeah. yeah i do so let's, so, let's go through those before we before we wrap this up um so don trail um Dontrell. from the from the facebook page uh star wars rebels group page, uh, group be sure to go check there if any of you are listening 
So he had this to say, Ezra and Sabine are not brother and sister in my book, and they are more than friends. They become best friends, and most importantly, they are very mature that the relationship chemistry is about to start this season. They seem to be spending an awful lot of time together. Yes. Yes. They, they've definitely they've definitely always hinted at that in the sense that, uh, you know, Ezra's always had a bit of a crush on her and she was always a bit too mature for him. And now that he's kind of coming of age and coming into himself, she's – and her as well. I mean, she's come so far, but they respect each other. They work well uh, as a team. Well, they, they bicker like a married couple. <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah, so, and that's all. That's all I need to see. Um, uh, but I don't. I don't know. I think, to be honest, though, I really think uh, Kanan and Ezra occupy the the ship in this series. We might get a touch of it toward the end 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 of the series, maybe. Regardless, whatever it is, they definitely love each other. Uh, let it be platonically or romantically. Yeah. Oh, they're but... gonna be romantic. I'm in for the ship. Let let them be a sale, but Sabine now is in a, a like it's right state of mind almost because now she's dealt with her family. Her family loves Ezra. I think he they love Ezra very dearly, and they're glad to have a Jedi by their side. So I think that it's worked out quite nice. And I saw um I don't know if this is actually uh, what it seems, but I saw a clip on YouTube when she says um. As long as we're together, we have a chance. And it's just those two. Because, well, I see with that one clip, we see Kanan and Hera on a different side of wherever they are. And then you see those two. So. You just you just kind of inspired me there. I'm thinking about this. Like, a lot of people in fandom always say that we never hear anything about Mandalore. What happened to Mandalore? So in that regard, if they did ship them, they can ship Ezra off to Mandalore as well in a way, you know? Maybe he goes back with Sabine, like you said, like the whole family kind of digs the Jedi thing, and the Mandalore's Lorians seem to be left alone for the most part, if they're still around. And yeah, that's funny how Ezra says that he doesn't want to be Mandalorian. Meanwhile, he wants to marry one, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you know, the more they spend time together, the more I think, uh, the more I come to your side. And that they're going to end up together briefly or in the long run. I don't know. But I think at some point they're going to put those two together. Oh, I hope all right, so. so. Next. All right. Thanks, Dontrell. We've got um, Lucky Jarkus 2187 And he said, it was amazing how, how Saul was using clues to, to what the Empire was doing by weaponizing the Kyber Crystals. I also liked how... Mothma and Guerrera have different methods on taking out the Empire. It shows you may have the same enemy, but not the same values. Uh, yeah, again, that, that was what this whole episode was about. Mm-hmm. How we choose to fight. And, yeah. And so we have Amy Wishman-Nallen, the wonderful lady. Amy! Who, yeah, yeah, she's awesome. Uh, that created the uh, Rebel Photo Challenge. Her and I talk quite a bit, and I enjoy talking to her. And yeah, she's super nice, man. She's totally awesome. Totally awesome. Anyway, this is what she had to say. Ezra now sees the big picture of the Rebellion as a whole. Saw and his tactics. Saw is almost developmentally stuck when Stila died. He isn't seeing the big picture. His myopic view is extreme and harmful. Oh, it's absolutely harmful. And he, yeah, sure. he's almost got like a... 
almost like a bloodlust. It's this unending thirst for 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 death. And he you know he equates blowing up a star destroyer or a radar dish with with success. And Harris said it. You blow up one radar dish, they'll put in another. Like it the empire is this unending like resource. They can just keep building star destroyers and building multiple death stars. Taking it one one ship or one listening station isn't going to do anything to the empire. But yet Saw thinks that you know this is you know chopping wood at that small level is going to do something. Like taking that that kyber crystal. Mind you, I think it stalled the project a little because it was a pretty big kyber crystal. Yeah, it's like how many of these things did they find? Because they at least had another two. That's for sure. Death Star one and two. Yeah, good point. I mean, yeah. Je- and Jetta was shot down, so there must be somewhere else. It still exists. It still exists. So we've got Scott Snyder. I really liked it. I'm so happy that this season is doing something I've always wanted. Seeing the interwoven areas of the Empire and Rebellion. I hope we continue getting stories with Saw and his extremist group in the future. There's a lot of cool things to be told from their per- perspective. Oh, absolutely. Not, 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 much, not much time left there. <laughs> well, not unless they do like a miniseries or a novel. They've already done, I think, a couple novels. Yeah, they, I mean, Catalyst. You can kind of get in between Catalyst and and this era to see his real progression into I don't know insanity I yeah I don't know I, I'm not disagreeing but I don't know how much more they're gonna keep squeezing stories into this era especially now that we're so close to Rogue One and A New Hope Like I don't know how much ground and how thoroughly season four is gonna cover what's left but it, it, it can't it can't cover everything to the depth of detail that we're going to want. So I'm sure we'll see something in this, in this area again. I kind of hope so, but you know what? We're now, I'd say it's almost quarter of the season already. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. 16 episodes. We've already, we're, we're down four. Yeah. And, and by, <laughs> this time next week, we'll be down. We'll be over a third done. Ew. I hate. Yeah, when, when, think fast. When Kyle had said that to me. He said it to me a while ago when the first things came out and we're like, oh, wow, all these double episodes. And it's like, think about it. It's already a shorter season as is. It's like, but this was worth it. The detail that's going into these episodes, like, okay, the part where the listening outpost was destroyed and then the kyber crystal explosion. Those two explosions were phenomenal. Yeah, they look great. What happened this day? made headlines throughout the empire for sure like man they trashed like all kinds they trashed that uh, they trashed that light cruiser the like you said the array uh another ship like remember sabine's uh explosion from her short and then that other explosion <laughs> that she dealt compare those two explosions to the last two explosions that we just saw and ha- tell me how like much better the animation got Oh yeah, you, yeah, you mean um, when Sabine kind of just put a bunch of detonators on some Tie Fighters, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's they've come a long way for sure. And I like how yeah, that, was, that was so cool. And the animators but again, said, like, go ahead. No, no, f- f- sorry, finish your thought. Um, the animators said that they were going to do different techniques, so I think that this is their different technique that they're doing. 
Yeah, it looked it looked fantastic. But uh, there was another explosion last year that also looked really good. I can't remember where where that came from though. Zero hour. Was it zero hour? Ah, not worth thinking about. Um, yeah. So that 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 last comment. Um, I'm gonna lose my train of thought now. But yeah, I lost it. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, so we have Mike from Force Within TV. Everyone knows Mike, and he only had a little, little bit to say because he already did his his review and his thoughts. He just told me Mom Optima talking to Saw was fantastic. And he's right. It was fantastic. Just seeing those two different types of leaders talk. And in my article that I wrote, I was actually expecting a political, more political episode, This, these two episodes, but turns out it wasn't really about that. It's about how to fight a war. And and like Amy said, like what Ezra kind of learned. Yeah. But what he said about, about the, uh, that hologram kind of, that was so cool the way they projected him being just this giant head kind of like the Wizard of Oz or something, you know? Like Snoke. Yeah, yeah like, like Snoke. It was, it was a lot. I was like, dude. That's... And... So I, I got my train of thought back. Go ahead. So a, a couple of the comments, uh, Amy specifically cited uh, Saw's myopia. And the next comment as well was along the same vein. And Corey, you, you mentioned that... that um, blowing up a light cruiser and blowing up a radar dish. Yeah, that's going to attract a lot of Imperial attention. But the dent that you're putting in their armor for the amount of trouble that you're bringing back, it's, it's the return on your investment is, is really low. Not necessarily. I mean, they're at Yavin 4 now. They know, we know they don't get discovered at Yavin 4 until... Last uh, minute. A, a New Hope. Last minute, A New Hope. Right, but we, we know that the Empire goes unchallenged until... The Death Star is suddenly and unexpectedly snatched away from them and, and blown up. No, Other than I mean, that, they, they every just... little bit helps. Like, I mean, they got to do what they got to do, right? Like, come on. Uh, I, I, don't I don't know like... about that. I, I don't know. I think I think by running around and blowing up Star Destroyers, yeah, it's great. Fine. You, you knocked off some enemy resources. But I think all you're doing is, is, in those cases, for such small victories, relatively speaking, you're bringing the, the, the wrath of the Empire down harder and harder. Dude, like, this is what it's all coming down to. Like, we know, I've, I've said this before, Thrawn is, like, this mastermind, right? He looks at something, he analyzes it, and he comes up kind of with a solution. Well, no, it comes to this, the ghost, man. It's the ghost and Hera. Like, that's going to be his linchpin, you know what I mean? Like, he's looked at it all, and he's like, I'm just going to pull this one piece away from you all, and, like, that's where you're going to, like, unravel like a sweater, you know? Well, I think I think we still have yet to learn like how the the rebellion is is really built because yeah, sure the ghost crew is is central to General Dodonna's fleet, but where's General Rykan? Where's Admiral Akbar? I'm sure they all have their their fleets. That and then we there's just Radis don't visit. too. There's Radis too. Radis, yeah. I hope we see him this season. But they had touched upon this in uh, Rebels Recon again. Someone had asked the question to Pablo, something along those lines, and he was quite vague. He, as to when there's an actual date to saying when the rebellion actually started, like up even until the, the events of Rogue One. Yeah, and same uh, Dave was the, alluding that too. Like he wasn't saying they're alliance and he wasn't really saying that they're a rebel cell. I mean, they are a rebel cell, but alliance yet? I really don't think they're an alliance yet. We're it's, close. It's hard to say. And it's one of those ambiguous things that 
Whatever. I don't know that we need to know that specific detail. What you do need to know is that the Ghost Crew and Phoenix Squadron, as a result, are at the heart of bringing it all together. And that's a fact. Uh, I would like to say it's a fact. From season one, they got drawn in. Hera was working with them. I I, I will agree with you if we find out that Yes, uh, Hera's been also in contact with General Raikan and Admiral Akbar, and she's been kind of the go-between for all of these. Well, who's the head of the rebellion? It's Mon Mothma. Mon Mothma and seems. Who, who's who's in the war room with Haunt, Mon Mothma? It's pretty much the entire Ghost Crew, Callus, Rex. Right, which tells me that they're right she, there, she, man. She works with Mon Mothma, which is like right at the top of things man like they are like the splinter cell or like the black ops or SWAT team of the rebellion I would say that the SWAT team of Mon Mothma's particular faction the group that she's closest to but again we I, we don't know what Raikan's up to we don't know what what Akbar or Radis or Maydeen well, they definitely don't have a Sabine they definitely don't have two Jedi or a chopper or the best pilot perhaps there ever was <laughs> and a Zeb so no yeah, they don't yeah, no. but they that, that they're makes, not bringing that kind of game. That makes the Ghost Crew very critical to Mon Mothma's group, and yes, the Rebellion. But th- there's still a lot to learn about how and, the Rebellion is is really held together. Yeah, and in that time frame when the New Hope comes, there's no Jedi, and I don't even know if Sabine's there because it just seems as though without an Ezra or Kanan, there's no Sabine either. But didn't you know Ezra's coming back as DJ in the Last Jedi? No, I don't think so. I I <laughs> wish. Either, I wish. No, no nope. he doesn't have those scars. Sorry, the yeah, scars they're, they're... are a huge telltale, telltale sign. Yeah. And they're they're well. It looks like DJ might have scars, but they're on the opposite side of his face. Yeah. Well. Yeah. That Which... can always be reversed, though. No, don't in, get in imagery. Yeah. Don't get my my hopes up now, man. I don't want. DJ <laughs> is not Ezra. No. Come on. Come on, don't Get, join, man. I'm not joining your dark side with your cookies. <laughs> well, that's that's what DJ stands for, right? Don't join. That's that's or, the meaning behind his name. Oh, way really? to spoil, jeez. Or dark Jedi. I don't want to know. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you can't help it. You can't help it. You're the worst, Corey. The oh, worst. See, I'm trying to keep myself spared. I'm not even like looking at the news for Last Jedi. I'm just no. Don't, look what you've done to M. Yeah, no. I'm sorry, Em. You're tearing me up. I'm trying to even stay away from the toys. You know how hard that is. Oh wow. Yeah. Don't. Don't even. Oh my god. All right. Let's let's wrap this up. Um, uh, do, we got do we one more do any... comment. Oh, we do. All right. So this is a pun. So I thought it was funny. That's why I wanted to include it. And I'm friends with him. So AC Dragon Riders videos. He's got a YouTube uh, channel. If any of you want to look it up, he does Star Wars films. Um, if the Rebel team continues to fight by Disney's kitty terms, then they are going to lose the fan base. And it's Sagrera pun. So I thought it was funny. But he's got a point because the Death Troopers weren't really Death Troopers. And we haven't seen much um, slashing, shooting, even the some of the dialogue when it's like execution. It should be like or terminated should be actually saying execution if you if you get what i'm saying but can you can you say is he saying that the rebellion will never win or the empire will never win no 
it's a okay, it's a rebel team. So I think what he means by is like the animation team too. Well, it's, it sounds to me know, like I, he was taking a swipe at Disney for their handling of Star Wars. Um, could be that too. Which I, I completely disagree with. I think Star Wars is, has never been more popular. And we're on the cusp of a movie that's going to haul in another $1.5 billion at least. That and much? So they, oh, I, thought, yeah. I thought my $8 was going to be uh, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I already no, thought in, in regards to Rebels, they're, they're pushing the needle with this show. for it's not, they, they have all said this before. Even when they were writing The Clone Wars. And throughout Rebels, I've seen it on Rebels Recon, the, the writers, the animators, when they look at these stories, I mean, yes, there's a certain limit to things, but they don't look at them as, they don't look at this as a children's show, even though it's on Disney XD, they don't really look at it as a children's show. And at this point, like last, this week's episode, my kid's five, like I pretty much have reservations in showing him the episode in a way, like this is... It's so heavy that, you know, it's there's not all that much. There's a few laughable moments that are probably going to go right over his head. Yeah, I see what you're saying. But I've heard, I've also read some pretty negative comments on even, like I said, the Death Troopers. So, they, I mean, some have said that they're weak. Some said they could have done a better job. Well, I agree. We said it before with the, the night vision thing. They, they got taken out way too easy for what it was, but they were also against Sabine and Ezra, which is a lot. But Smoke having defeated them makes them look weak. She's yeah, no, they, they've, they've depowered the Death Troopers, but soon enough, the Death Troopers are going to be forgotten. You know, we're, we've, we've met them only in Rogue One. Now we're seeing them sandwiched in, in Rebels. Very oh, we're soon, we're not going to see them again. No, we're <laughs> seeing more of them next episode. Oh, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll see more in, Re- in Season 4, but... Beyond that, we may not see them ever again. Oh, and speaking of, the Death Trooper Commander, I got the number too. It's DTF16, and it's voiced by Jennifer Hell, who was lent her voice to Star oh, Wars. Geez. Yeah. yeah. To she's... Corridor, <laughs> Knights of the Old Republic, as Bastila Shan, and then the Clone Wars. Steven, Steven Stanton as well. He's um, in like, every episode as like five different people. And then another fun fact, among the Imperial prisoners is a feline male. I think that's how you pronounce it. A first male from that species has appeared on screen. Female felines, maybe that's how you pronounce it, include Rysdal Sant from Return of the Jedi, Lats Razi from the Clone Wars, and Guti Terras from Star Wars Rebels. <laughs> so it's cool yeah, to they're... see that diversity too. Absolutely. And yeah, the the green eyed or the green faced power specialist, um, I forget. Oh God, I forget his name now in the show. But he, I think he was also named after one of the writers. Yeah, Mitch Mart. Yep. Yeah, he was definitely yeah. he was definitely uh, named after. In the same way that that uh, Mart Matten. Yeah, Mart Matten and and Guti Terez. I think uh, before we wrap up, I think we should do some predictions because we just got some heavy content today uh, with those two um, clips. Yeah. Well, yeah. So we have a, a clip from flight of the defender and then we got another clip for the occupation, which is a, another back to back. So um, oh, when I saw so- that uh, one clip with Kanan and Hera almost kissed, I was like, no, 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 Zeb, you goat. 
Uh, well, you, you know, know they, they just they just keep doing that. How much can we take before the season ends? I thought this this season's gonna come at us fast, fast, man. Like it already is. If this well, this that's it. If this even yeah, that's it. True, even episodes one and two. But if this is any any indication as to where we're going, this episode was just so fun, so amazing, so much story to be had. And they they nailed it, man. In my opinion, from on on all fronts, for for the most part, I really don't have any complaints with this one. Uh, and then we saw the flight of the defender clip. I really want to hear your guys' thoughts because we saw that wolf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first the first look at that wolf who distracted Ezra to the point where a stormtrooper got the drop on him, right? Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I mean, obviously Ezra's gonna get get out of that, but. We know that all hell's about to break loose on that flight deck. Oh, for sure. Hmm. I yeah, like I said, I wanted to hear your thoughts on that wolf because we finally now see it unfold. Like we've seen it in the trailers, but to actually see it in a preview, it means something heavy is going to. I hope we see some force aspect too. I want to well, see Ezra's see... story. I sorry, I'm just a huge Ezra. We all know I'm a huge Ezra fan. I just want to see his story so bad. I want to I'm on the same page, and I, I think we're going to see a lot more. Of the I think the wolves are not going to be just in one or two episodes. You know, they. I think it's going to be a theme throughout, and even the poster that we had we had gotten for season four, we see a lot of uh, ancient cave paintings with these loth cats and loth wolves, and I'm thinking like Ezra's a part of that as well in a way. You know, he's the son of Lothal. I call him the Wolf of Lothal because if he ever frees Lothal, he'll be always remember known, or sorry, forever known. Yeah, for they sure. can like make little uh, song chants calling him Wolf of Lothal. <laughs> I'd love to see that. Please, Filoni, please say you had please. that idea. <laughs> I know fate's made. There's more to. I know. There's more to them. There's more to them than just. Uh... Something super simple, and then that Ezra can communicate with them, and he can ride on them like he did the Purgil, and ride on them and save Sabine and go into battle. I think he's really there's something a lot deeper connection to that character, Lothal, and the grander force. Like these these wolves look pretty all knowing, you know, from a certain point of view. Well, Dave said they were like the Bendu in some aspect. That, that's interesting. But as well, I was we'll, about we'll look to forward say, to that next week, right? As I was saying, Dave's already finished voice recording. He's already finished writing it. So fate's made. But I'm like praying that he makes something like that. Hope you're listening. It's, it's gonna happen, Em. <laughs> okay, All try. right, guys. Time to punch out of here. This was this was a lot of fun. I let, let's give this a score. We didn't do that last week, uh, but let's give this episode a score on five or on ten. Let's do it on ten. So, um, M, hmm. what do you on. give this back-to-back? Jeez. Um, well, I'm going to be writing this in my blog anyway. Um, like, breakdown of the whole thing, like character dialogue, music, plot, animation. Oh, you, yeah, let's just give a shout-out to Kevin Kiner. Like, yes. the music was just was as close to Rogue One and A New Hope as we've heard yet. So, I just, I just wanted to sneak that in there. Uh, so... I'm going to have to say that I'm going to give it a 9.7. Wow. 9.7. Corey. 
Yeah, M just did the first loophole there. I'm, I'm not going to give it any decimal points, but I'll give it a solid nine. Uh, it really doesn't get much this not better than this, man. Yeah, I, I'm at a nine as well. It was it was superb. There's, this there's... was this was rebels at its best. I missed yeah, this, I think, this kind you know, of rebels, like the crew working together. Just the storytelling, the pace, everything, uh, the depth. Yeah, it had it all. This episode the writing. had it all. So, like back, you know, in a year from now, if somebody wants to go back and catch up with Rebels, and you know, they but they say, "Ah, oh, my time is short." This will be one of the episodes where you say, "This is one you need to see." So, if you want to just like choose five episodes or ten episodes from each season, like yeah. this will be this will be one of the shortlisted shows, no doubt. All right. We're going to get out of here. Um, thank you for listening, everybody. So I, I know we got a couple Facebook pages on the go here, but uh, we have the, the Bridge of Transmissions Facebook page, and we also have the Tumbling Saber page. So uh, go ahead and give those a like and come say hi. we got a lot of conversations happening all over the place, uh, including Twitter, where we can find M at... Emalum52. E-M-A-L-L-A-M-5-2. Excellent. Corey, where can people find you? Mm. Find me at Chop Rules with a Z. You said Z. <laughs> We're Canadian. It's Z. We've been through this, M. Don't do not do it. <laughs> I have to. Don't, don't do you it. You traitor. Oh, I'm at Tumbling Saver. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Come say hi. And if you're looking for some more great Star Wars podcasts, don't forget the Star Wars Commonwealth. Check out StarWarsCommonwealth.com and you will get inundated with a whole load of really, really talented uh, people talking Star Wars all the time. And also allow me this this time to plug our Patreon campaign. And uh, if you're thinking of spending a couple bucks a month, uh, may I entice you to go to tum- uh, patreon.com slash tumblingsaber. And between now and November 5th, which is uh, right around our episode 100 on our main show. So between now and 100, uh, our 100th episode, if you sign up to become a powerful friend, You'll be a part of our exclusive uh, newbies draw. And you'll get a prize pack out of that. So uh, grab a couple bucks, sink it into our Patreon campaign, and you can walk away with a really, really sweet prize pack. And that's over and above all the other stuff that you get as part of being a powerful friend, exclusive podcasts, early access to others, uh, featured interviews with you on Worthy of Recognition, uh, geez, more giveaways. We have so much stuff to give away to our powerful friends and newsletter. And my God, we're just we're cranking out stuff everywhere. Uh, so any parting words, you guys? May the force be with you always. Seems fitting. Yeah, it was, uh, it was oh. good to, to be back here with you guys this week. And I can't wait till next week. One more thing. I've decided that I'm going to change my lovely lock cat, Kinder Lock Cat. And instead of hashtag lockcat, it'll be follow the lockcat. Yeah, and so add that add that hashtag to your tweet deck or your Hootsuite, whatever it is you're using to, to monitor social media. Follow the lockcat. And that'll do for this week, everybody. Thanks so much to, to, for listening to Bridge of Transmissions number three, I think. It is number three. All right. And stay tuned, powerful friends. Sith Disturbers is right around the corner. And for everybody else, we'll catch you in episode Gretzky. So we'll catch you later. <laughs> <laughs>